Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, the man is with us. We go right to the man. When the man joins us, we go to the man. That's what we do. You know what's happened here, Brandon Miller. The kid who brought the gun, there's no denying a gun was transported to a scene of a murder. He brought the gun. There are a variety of facts, both uh, on video apparently and written, that have come out. Dan Wetzel, who is the man, when Dan Wetzel writes about you, it's either the greatest thing in your life or the worst thing in your life. (laughs) Not sure which one. And he does have great hair, and I am jealous as I made a video earlier. All right, Dan, where are you on this whole Brandon Miller thing? So, you know, I'm a little more of just uh, an observer. I I find the – I don't necessarily know – I'm not I'm not the pound the table. You need to do this or you need to do that. But I am fascinated by what is done. And I've never seen a case in college athletics where something this serious went down and a player was not disciplined, suspended like the, the, the just the facts of this case. I thought they're going to uh, they're going to suspend them. They're going to do something. I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a very unusual case. I don't recall anything quite like this where um, you have a kid this involved in in something serious. Uh, he probably wasn't necessarily fully forthcoming with his coaches and in, in, in athletic department if they didn't know until it came out in court. And there's no discipline at all. Um, Nate Oates, you know, wrong spot at the wrong time. Just a really regrettable comment. But then the actions of Alabama since then pretty much back up that that kind of sentiment that it was just, hey, this just happened. Uh, and then you step back and you look and you go, I mean, an Alabama basketball player is up for capital murder and two of his teammates were also involved per the police at some level. They're not going to be arrested, but, I mean, this is an incredible scandal, or if, if that's it, if you want to call it that, a tragedy that we haven't normally seen. Um in college, in, in college basketball. So a very, uh, it's a very interesting story to watch. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to demand anything, but I'm surprised. I'll put it that way. You know, Dan, I'm glad you brought up uh, the fact that this is, number one, a tragedy. I think we're losing sight of that. And number two, you know, basketball doesn't have 100 players. You know, football's got 100 players. Basketball, you know, 13. Maybe there's a couple guys at the end of the bench to help with the GPA as walk-ons. And you're talking about three of that group. Let's just say three of the 13 scholarship players are involved, whatever level, in a murder. That That is being lost right now. I think a lot of focus on Brandon Miller, rightfully so. But it's being lost. What the hell's going on here when three of, let's just say, 13 are involved in a murder? And one may get the chair. Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, it just we had a, you know, there was a there was a, a shooting and a killing at New Mexico State earlier this year, but that was a self defense case. I, I, I just don't really recall this. You go back to Baylor, two thousand three, um, things like that. But if you're Nate Oates, I mean, this is a a, a player 
Darius Miles is a player you brought to camp. You brought all these guys to campus. Um, so, and and I, I, you know, I I bring this up. I don't know if anyone else. This is a tragedy. One woman loses her life. There was a at least eleven shots fired that night. Uh, and if you've ever been to the strip where this took place in in Tuscaloosa, it is your classic stretch of college bars and little restaurants and things like that, one block from campus. Um, that is a crowded place. There are a lot of just innocent people walking around, coming out of a diner late night or going to a bar or finishing their shift, and they just shot the place up. And this tragedy could have been more widespread very, very easily. And one week after Michigan State where innocent kids are shot, um, the idea that someone's just ringing bullets around Tuscaloosa uh, you know, would be, I would think, infuriating for for students, for parents, for people who live in that town. Um, not something you say, oh, no big deal. Um, you know, he's not going to be charged. Uh, and then I think you just take and look. This is just the the problem with with society. But Brandon Miller's probably the best player in the country, and Alabama might be the best team in the country. So. We're not just talking. It, it was one thing when it was uh, just the way public consciousness works when it's a guy who really wasn't playing much. But when you're looking and saying, hey, this is the best guy in the country. Holy cow. He just put 41 up on on South Carolina and was uh, just dominated the basketball game. And this this guy could lead Alabama to the national title. It takes on a bigger extent as, as just a story. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You know, they, uh, I've had NBA guys before this tell me that Brandon Miller's the best college prospect, meaning he'll be the third player picked in the draft. You got a couple guys, you know, the one big kid, and then you got a G League guy. Damn, what yeah. are the facts in this case? What, as you see them, what are the facts? Well, it's a, it's, there's a lot to the case, but in terms of Brandon Miller, is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, Brandon Miller. So, all right, so – if you take, if you take the the lawyer his lawyer statement, um, and uh, that would be the most uh, favorable, um, the most favorable telling of the story, right? You pay a defense attorney to to tell the most favorable, put your story in the most favorable light. So let's just take that, be be as as generous to Brandon Miller as possible. Um, in that, in that statement that his attorney put out, it says he's driving around and, uh, he gets, uh, I could probably read the whole thing directly. Um, the, the critical part is he says, uh, he says, uh, as Brandon was on his way to pick up already on his way to pick up Mr. Miles, Mr. Miles texted Brandon and asked him to bring him his firearm. Um, Brandon subsequently arrived at the scene to pick up Mr. Miles. Okay. So, uh, and, and court testimony shows there was a text message that said, basically bring me my gun. And I'm in this kind of dispute. There's a threat. There's, you know, some guys, I don't know if they'll do anything. They used a, a bunch of different language. I'm not going to repeat. So Brandon Miller by his own attorneys, most favorable light standing, drove the, drove the weapon to the scene. And that then the gun was retrieved from the back of his car. He says earlier it was uh, he had driven Mr. Miles. Mr. Miles left the gun 
in his backseat, perhaps under an article of clothing. With defense attorneys, what's important is not just what they say, but what they don't say, right? Because if they had anything else they could put in the best light, they would mention it. So when I read this, I take it as Brandon Miller knew there was a gun in the backseat. Because if, if, you know, Dan, if I drop you off somewhere and then you text me and say, hey, bring me my gun, I would, and I, and I don't know it's in the backseat, I would say, why, what, what gun? Why, why would I, where, where do I get your gun? You want me to go to your house? What, like, I, I wouldn't know, right? If, if Brandon Miller did not know the gun was in the backseat, his attorney would say, this guy didn't even know it was in the backseat. And that would be a tremendous defense, right? Look, I gave him a ride earlier. He left some clothes in the backseat, guns under the clothes. I had no idea. He had no idea. He didn't say that. So it suggests to me, I think quite convincingly, that he did know there was a gun there. And he drove it over to the scene. The other stuff, whether, you know, and it's important, Brandon Miller didn't didn't touch the gun. Brandon Miller didn't know. He did not know. Uh, you certainly can't prove the intent of what he was doing. Like, what, what was this guy doing? But he did know there was a fight. He did know there was a dispute. He did know these guys were at a bar. He may or may not have known that Davis, the trigger man, told police he was so drunk he doesn't remember anything. So at 1.38 in the morning, he drove over with a gun that he knew was in the backseat of his car that that uh, Mr. That Darius Miles requested, and that was used in the commission of, of a crime and, and shot up Tuscaloosa and, and a woman passed away, was murdered. Um, those are the facts to me that are that are indisputable. And that is going off of the statement from the attorney. Now, there's additionally the police saying, Brandon Miller and another TA both parked their their Dodge cars in a manner that blocked the Jeep where the shooting was uh, in on this road. The the defense attorney disputes that and suggests there's video evidence that would that would say otherwise. That would be a contested fact. I don't know. Are the police wrong? Maybe. Is this a judgment call? Maybe. Are the police just lying? I don't know. Maybe. Or is the defense attorney lying? I don't know. That's why you have trials, if there is a trial. So we don't know the situation on that. I, my guessing is video will come out and it'll be a judgment call. I don't think the police are making it up. I don't think the defense somewhere in the middle there is going to be like, well, was he blocking? Was he not? Did he mean to block? Did he not? I don't know. But the police brought that up. So those would be the the issues for Brandon Miller. Um, and again, I'm using his, I'm not taking the most uh, the most difficult set of facts for him. I'm taking his own attorney's words on that. Dan, I, <clears throat> I have a brother who was a 10-year prosecutor in Indianapolis, a sister's 25-year prosecutor uh, down in Moreau County in Bloomington. And they both told me one of the biggest issues here, not maybe the biggest, but one of the biggest issues here is the blocking. If he, if he blocked the, you know, the woman and the boyfriend in, he's part of the murder. It, it, it was their description. It's very simple. If, if, if he intentionally, you know, or whoever intentionally blocked somebody in and now there's a murder, you are part of the murder. That becomes a really big deal. And I'm assuming if the police said that he blocked him in, I, it'd be hard for me, again, based on conversations with two people that are, you know, that were prosecutors, it'd be hard for me to imagine why they just let that go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's why my guess is it's a judgment call on did he block or did he know. Right. Uh, I did read the Alabama statutes last night. Um, and, you know, you can do things that are innocent um, that are kind of called a furtherance 
uh, of a crime. Like I, I, it's not against the law if you walked into a bank and and checked out where all the security cameras are, or drew up a map of what a bank looks like, or bought you know a wire cutter or something like that. But if you then handed it to him or to a known bank robber and he went and robbed the bank, you would be you would be at least in the furtherance of the thing. So you can do something innocent, but you do have to know the intent. Um, I, you know, I'm going to trust the Tuscaloosa prosecutor and let them do their job and say, all right, this is how yeah. they saw the case. They're not going to charge. That's fine. I For me to sit there and, and, and say, you should be charged, you should do this, would be, I think, would be overstep. All I can go with was what the available facts are. And so he's not going to get charged, um, at least as we know right now, which is which is fine. That's how the system works. Um, and uh, but then, you know, the, the other option is what does Alabama do? Is this the behavior? You know, I just I've never seen a program. Play someone under these circumstances, we haven't seen these circumstances much, but in most cases, I, I, I was surprised when it first came out. I actually didn't believe the story. The quotes from Nate Oates and stuff are accurate because they were just so over the top. And then you watch the video and you're like, OK, so those are the real. Then I let, watched real carefully. And listen, I wrote the other day. I don't think he knew all the facts of the case. And that turned out to be true. But the actions of Alabama follow follow what Nate Oates was saying uh, quite, you know, they, they fall in line with that. Wrong spot, wrong time. You know, I'm all, I know you got to run. I'm always fascinated being in college uh, athletics for a long time and faculty on, you know, whether it was Bowling Green or Indiana, they always had a voice in different things. It's always amazing to me. I don't hear any faculty members uh, expressing any concern. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they should, but it always, it, it's just my own personal thing. I, I just never, I, it, it always surprises me because faculty is so involved uh, in so many different areas, including in the athletic department, it, it just amazes me. I never hear faculty in these things, Dan. It, it's just my personal take. I, yeah, I'm surprised a little of that. Again, I don't, I don't know that the, the fact there were 11 shots fired that day and, and Davis was hit. Man. Um, I mean, you think about what firing, a, everybody's been to a college bar scene. It's it, Tuscaloosa is no, no different than any others. You know, you go out, it's one thirty in the morning on a street. Well, yeah, the street's right in front of like 20 bars in, in a college town and little diners and all the other things the kids do. Um, I mean, it's it, uh, that would be more as troubling. Uh, that would be additionally troubling. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I mean, you know, but this could have been a much worse tragedy. Yeah. And and the idea that this is the basketball team. Um I just it's it's a very unusual situation for Alabama to say, all right, we're moving on. No one was charged with a felony here. None of none of the guys that were charged, uh, you know, we won't we'll, we'll kick the player who was charged off. But the other guys are not. It's a it's a certainly an un, unexpected, in my opinion, of covering this sport for a long time. And you've been in the sport a long time response to to this. Uh, people from Indiana, there are a lot of people watch this from, from Indiana. Uh, it would be literally like 11 shots firing right in front of Knicks at Kirkwood. I've been to Alabama. I've been on that strip. Uh, 1.30 in the morning, there's all kind of people out, uh, and it would be like literally for you IU people, it would be like firing 11 shots, blocking off something, and firing 11 shots on Kirkwood, which is unfathomable. Dan, I know you got to run, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I love your work, as I hope you know. Anytime, Dan. Appreciate you having me.
Man, that was terrific. Now, common sense. Now, the question becomes for, for you or for, you know, Nate Oates. Now, let's, let's talk about, again, the facts. The facts were Nate Oates played Brandon Miller last night, and the facts were Brandon Miller had 41 points, most by a freshman this year in college basketball, most by a freshman in the history of Alabama basketball. And every time he touched the ball, the crowd was booing. Every time he touched the ball, they were talking about lock him up. You know, and so the kid, let's just take the the tragedy just aside because that's what Alabama did. Alabama put the tragedy aside and said, we're going to play. Uh, the kid has a mental toughness that really is is not not common. And, you know, hey, look, I, I would assume that he is going to come out of this uh, better in terms of people have asked me about the NBA draft, unless something else comes out. I'm just telling you the way NBA people uh, look at things. Unless something else comes out, he is going to be viewed as incredibly mentally tough by the NBA. Now, that's just the basketball part. I'm not going to tell you that he is going to move up or down. I think there's a lot yet to still come out on this. But in terms of the basketball, just the basketball, last night was a really good night for the future of Brandon Miller. I mean, I want you to think about this. How do we talk about modern-day, quote, kids? Well, they're not mentally tough. When something bad happens, they wilt. They need Play-Doh. They need a safe space. Um... I got to tell you, Brandon Miller showed, I'm just talking basketball here. Brandon Miller showed last night that he has an uncommon, uncommon toughness to him. You know, the rest of the team scored like 30. Now, let me take this. A lot of people are asking me. Well, they have to have him to win a national championship, and that's what Alabama is about. You're exactly right. Look, the dude scored 41, tough road game. They get to win in overtime. rest of the team scores like 34. You think? You think they need him? But the bigger issue for me, and this is something I cannot get past, is that you have not one, not two, but three of your players involved in a murder. Now, you can, whatever level of involvement, one guy shot, one guy was there, one guy brought a gun. Hey, look. You, you take whatever level involvement you would like, but that's the bottom line. Again, football, you got 100 guys, so you have a bigger pool, right? I mean, you, you, you're bringing walk-ons on, you know, that, okay, I'm not excusing it. I'm just giving you the math on it. Basketball, Nate Oates and his staff have decided who to bring on campus. They decided, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> these three guys are who we're going to have on campus among 10 more. There's 13 scholarships. Three of them involved in a murder. That, my friends, is what I would be asking if I was an athletic director. That, my friends, is what I would be asking if I were a faculty member, if I were a dean, if I were a parent. If I were a parent, I would say, wait a second. What's going on here? Now, this doesn't condemn all of Alabama. Like, I know, my family knows uh, Montana Fouts, star pitcher for the Alabama softball team. Great lady. Don't even, uh, Pat Murphy, the softball coach, great guy. Great dude. 
But when you look at Alabama, you say, wait a second, they allowed their wide receiver, Jermaine Burton, to slap a girl, and now they have three guys, not one, not two, not a stray guy. You know, Dan mentioned Baylor way back before Scott Drew took it over. There was a stray guy that got involved in some kind of deal and murdered a teammate. They talk about self-defense in the New Mexico thing. This is a murder with, as Dan said, 11 shots fired. And again, those of you at Purdue, you know what I'm talking about. Harry's Chocolate Shop right there, uh, the, the whole strip. 11 shots in the middle of the night. Could you imagine Bloomington? Could you imagine Kirkwood being shot up? It'll happen. If you don't think it'll happen, you're crazy. You know it'll happen. You know it'll happen. So it, it, it's going to be a fascinating deal what happens moving forward because I don't think it's over. I don't. I, 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 I don't think that this is over. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what else is going to come out, but I don't think it's over. All right. 1985, ladies and gentlemen. 1985 is a long time ago, and it was a day just like this. In Indianapolis right now, it is 65 and sunny. In Bloomington, on the 24th of February, it was at least 65 and sunny. I remember walking from my car into the game. But first, before we get into this, I want you all to hear Nate Oates. Let's hear from Nate Oates' postgame. Play the game, but before we get into the game, just want to address yesterday's press conference and my response to the Brandon Miller question. I'm not here to make excuses, but I want to make it clear that I didn't have the details from the hearing that morning since I was coming straight from practice. And I used a poor choice of words, making it appear like I wasn't taking this tragic situation seriously we have throughout the course of it. I sincerely apologize for that. I know Greg shared some information earlier today on the situation. I don't really have anything more to add other than what he's already said. So. Start on Zoom with Nick Kelly. Yeah, Nate, what led the, or come the decision for Brandon to play today? Well, as Greg said earlier, you know, we make decisions based on available facts, and that's what we did here. There you go. But the bottom line is Nate Oates brought three guys, three guys that are involved in capital murder. Bottom line. However you want to spin it, however you want to play, whoever you want to play, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the bottom line. Three guys brought by him onto a campus involved in capital murder. Now, you can say to me, well, you don't know what kids are doing outside. I had a kid, look, I didn't have angels. I had a kid get arrested for robbery. I had a kid uh, get a DUI. I get that. But it ain't capital murder. And over 10 years, I had one, not three, in one evening where they were so stupid, so arrogant, so obnoxious, so ridiculous, so drunk, so whatever, that they shot up a college downtown. That's the bottom line. 
Everybody can say lawyers can write, but the bottom line is Nate Oates brought three. Uh, Not one, not two, but three guys involved in capital murder. All right, Uh, before we go to break, 1985, February 24th, I was a stud senior at Indiana. We were getting our brains beat out during the season. It was a glorious day. It was a beautiful day, just like today in Indianapolis. There's always a day in Bloomington where it is gorgeous out on a Saturday in January or February. Always at least one, and this was the day. I'm walking from my car into the arena assembly hall, and I'm like, what a great day. Purdue's in. Let's see if we can get her done. It does not start well. I was not a starter in this game. Knight was uh, mad at me or whatever. We get off to a bad start. I had gotten moved down from the bench to get ready to come in, and then it happened. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Coach Knight looked around. He ain't happy with London Bradley. You see me bottom left right there. There's my head right there. Hands over right there. And he lets her fly. Steve Reed is at the free throw line. London Bradley comes over, whose son eventually played baseball at Indiana. Steve Reed, the little batch that he is, runs over and picks up the chair. Knight's getting ready to get tossed. And if you look at our bench, we don't move. We don't move. You see Purdue's kind of huddling. Knight's going nuts. What a glory. And then after, because I was kind of the team spokesman, well, what did you think? I said, I didn't think anything. Seen the guy do it 100 times. Seen the guy throw 52 of them in a row. Are you kidding me? There's me with my hands on my face and my Indiana shirt getting ready to go in. Wow. There he goes. And away we go. Bobby Knight said, screw it. I'm tossing the chair, and I ain't even mad about it. That's right. I'm giving it a toss. Uwe Blop said before the start of the game, Danny, he spoke German, Danny, Coach Knight is getting thrown out today. And the question is, what are you talking about? He's not wearing his sport coat. See what he's wearing right there? It's the first game. First game. Bob Knight. Didn't wear a plaid sport coat or a red sport coat or any type of sport coat. First game. First regular season game because it was a nice day in Bloomington. It was warm. It was 70. It was glorious. It was gorgeous. You kidding me? It was great. Well, guess what? Bob Knight threw it, and Bob Knight got the boot. Bob Knight got suspended, and Bob Knight exited the building And then, in fact, had a meeting with the AD and then exited everything, got in his car, and away he went. I can't remember um, whether or not, I can't, I can't remember whether he called us, me, the captains, to uh, his house. I don't really remember that. I think he was too busy trying to save his own job. I think. Think. I'm not sure. But you know what? He did what he did. He aimed high. He let her fly. And the world was never the same. You know where he got that from? I mean, look, I'm looking at the YouTube chat. You know where he got that from? 
He got that from baseball, his buddy LaRusa. Baseball players threw crap on the field all the time. He got that from LaRusa. Uh, Dan, was Duncan Reed's uh, was Duncan Reed Steve's dad? Yes. Yes, that was his kid. He had Billy and he had Steve. Steve was a good player. Steve was an absolutely good player. Brad Buffington says it was a beautiful day and Coach Knight wanted to go hunting. That could very well be true. I'm not saying that's not true. The YouTube chat is absolutely pumping. I'm not saying you're wrong. In fact, I would argue you may be right. But honest to God, honest to God, when he threw the chair, none of us, and I mean none of us, flinched. We'd seen it. It is no big deal. It became a big deal. And here we are. What is it? 40 years later was 1985. That's 15. 15 plus 23 is 38. We're almost on the 40-year anniversary. Holy cow. So anyway, there you go. You don't really see it. And maybe I have the story wrong. But earlier, it must have been earlier in the game, Knight grabbed his jacket to throw it. He and Gene Cady used to throw it. But when you look at this video, clearly he doesn't do that here. So my, my brain must be a little bit discombobulated. Uh, Linda SD asks, where is that chair? That chair's with Chuck Crabb. Chuck Crabb, the longtime PA announcer, <clears throat> um, <coughs> was smart enough <laughs> to, not <coughs> to not tell anybody and grab the chair. Yeah. Uh, our boy Doyle did an article about where's the chair. It was a full of crap article. Our boy Doyle, I also learned this, 2015, Doyle did an article. Think about that. I want you to think about this. On Teddy Valentine. Indiana fans, you all love Teddy Valentine, right? Teddy Valentine and Bob Knight are synonymous. So back in 2015, this is how wrong the Indy Star always is about stuff. In 2000, there I am. Night and I, I'm pointing. The hair is glorious. Need to trim the sides up a little bit. Bad brown sport coat, but you know what? It was very, 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 very comfortable. And you put the nice brown tie, and it was a precursor for going to Indiana. Or excuse me, for going to Bowling Green, brown and orange. My man, let me go back to Doyle for just a second. So Doyle writes this article about where's the chair. We all know where the chair is. Chuck Crabb got the chair. All right. But in 2015, Teddy Valentine, if you remember... Night storms by Teddy Valentine. Well, Teddy Valentine got the boot from the NCAA tournament. My man Doyle writes this article. I'm telling you, the Indy Star doesn't get anything right. In it, he talks about how Teddy Valentine wasn't going to work the 2015 NCAA tournament to tend to a family member that didn't, I don't think, exist. Doyle writes this article. The head of officials calls him up and says, Doyle, this is just simply not true. I'm telling you, don't believe anything you read in the Indy Star with Doyle for sure, but anywhere. He wrote an article about a person, and it didn't happen. Doyle said, oh, I should have checked it out. You think? So a lot of crap you read about Knight is just not true. Knight was an awful human being to me after. Stud, but I love playing for him. He was a fair guy. He was a very smart guy. He taught you about preparation, but don't believe the crap you read about him because none of these guys were there. None of these guys were there. How good is that hair, though? When you looked at lower left right here, how good is this hair? I want to ask you, how good is this hair? Twitter, 
right here. You'll see it. See the Indiana on my back over here. You'll see it right there. The Indi- look at that. Look at that lettuce. Joe B. Wright, Jim Cruz, legends, legends that couldn't coach any of us. They were so scared of Coach Knight. Brandon says I was a guest of Dr. Sangalang, ten years old. That's right. It's the anniversary, baby, and honest to God, it is a day just like this. Beautiful. So it's too bad Indiana doesn't play. Woody should wear that shirt. Woody should toss it, and away we go. Anyway, what a great day. I remember after the game, we all we came back to my apartment. It was a nice day. We thought we were going to have practice, uh, so we waited for my phone to ring, and it might have been the night that night called us to come back into the locker room, and Ube's like, I ain't going back in there without a couple beers, and he chugged two big old beers, and away you go. There's Chuck Crab. There's the chair. Again, don't believe a damn thing you read in the Indianapolis Star, particularly with my man Doyle. It's all crap and made up. Unbelievable. Uh, I saw that Zach Osterman today, the writer for the Indianapolis Star, Said kudos to Doyle for the... No, there it is. And there's Chuck Crab. <laughs> Teddy Valentine. Oh, man, I had a great lunch yesterday with John Adams. And when he told me that, I just laughed. I just absolutely, positively laughed. Uh, Kevin Wolf says, hey, Dan, no, no uh, mullet. Yeah, no mullet. I don't mullet. Never mullet it. But I got a bone to pick with you people that are bald. I got a bone to pick with all of you people that are bald, you men that are bald when we come back. You told me something that turned out to absolutely not be true. There's our people right there. It should say, uh, we make stuff up. Teddy Valentine missed the 2015 NCAA tournament to tend to a sick family member. Total crap. Totally made up. Was banned from the 2015 NCAA tournament. Oh, man, media sucks. We'll be right back. I got a bone to pick with you any people. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, this is not a big deal. I mean, it's really not. I mean, I I fall upstairs all the time, but I'm not the weakest president or the most insane president or the weirdest president in the history of our country. Um, Joe Biden embarrasses us again. Joe Biden, man, when you watch this dude, it's like the walking dead. How did you all vote for him? I don't understand. Let's get a little look on Jersey Joe Biden trying to climb stairs to get to Air Force One or two or whatever the hell it is. Whoops. Now, you got to understand. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, how are you? What am I supposed to do? No one's here to tell me. You got to understand. This is a true story. I know people that work in the White House. I do. 
And Biden can't pick up his feet. Like if you watch him walk, he shuffles. So they have to take all of the cords for different things out or else he'll fall constantly. It's really sad. Uh, It would be really sad if he didn't just look at us, lie to us, if he didn't take our tax dollars, send them to the Ukraine or to the Michelle Obama, whatever the hell Michelle Obama's thing is. It would be really sad if that wasn't who he was. But that's who he is. And that's what he's trying to do to the American people. If he put America first, then we would all say, "Ah, okay, guy fell, we love him. He could be the old curmudgeon guy. But he's not. He's just a dude that, frankly is killing us, strangling us, destroying us. All right, let's check out a little Donald Trump video. I think Donald Trump's a pig, but at least Donald Trump cares about America. I think at least Donald Trump puts us first. I don't think you'd be seeing Donald Trump sending hundreds of billions of dollars to the Ukraine, but here's Donald Trump. Let's see a little bit of Trump. just a little bit different. I mean, look, my, my, uh, my favorite thing about Trump is he's politically very smart. He understands going to East Palestine. Now you can believe whatever you want to believe about East Palestine, but I got to tell you the fact that our president Biden refuses to go visit a place. And if you saw that explosion, you'd be like, what the hell's going on around here? Uh, you would see in there, of course, uh, this is who is waiting for Donald Trump. Perhaps it's why Joe Biden refuses to go. Well, I got to tell you, when you are all about them and not us, it's hard in this world. It just is. And you can get mad at me for saying it, but I think we would all agree. We would like a president that puts America first. Somehow I've told you this. I'm going to start either wearing an America first hat, save America or or, uh, make America great hat on this show. Why am I going to wear the hat? Because you people of Indianapolis, you bald men, you lied to me. You told me coming home would make me look better. No, I look like the old stupid coach that I never wanted to look like. I look like the old guy. Oh, remember old Satch? He coached softball here from 68 to 80. Ah, dang, he was good. Well, Satch, tell us what you learned. Well, I had some really good players around then. I get invited all the time to these coaches' lunches, and I don't want to go because I'm going to look like them. No, I don't want to look like the old coach, the old guy. Hey, how you doing, man? Oh, you know, I had a kid back in 1984. Golly gee, he should have been on the Indiana All-Star. No, I don't want to look like that, and that's what I look like now. I am young. I am hip. I am virile. I can go to any club in town and give you a little bit of that, give you a little bit of this. But what happens? I look like this. I'm starting to look like my Uncle Roy, and I blame the men of Indianapolis. You told me coming home would be great. You told me shaving my head would be awesome. You told me these things. Right. I look like Curly from the Three Stooges. Yes. That's what I look like. I'll just walk around and make people laugh. I guess that's my new thing. 
<laughs> it's crap. It's crap. Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but, man, uh, athletes are out of their freaking minds. Elvin Kamara, the running back for the Saints, I got to tell you, these dudes are idiots. I mean, they're stone idiots. Uh, and this guy, Chris Lemons, and two others were just beating a living crap out of some guy. Look at this brawl. They just jumped this guy. Look at him stomping on this guy. Look at these punks. Honest to God. And look at this clown down here, bottom left. Well, I mean, you know, man, just, you know. And then here come more idiots. Look at these idiots. <clears throat> look at this whole crowd of idiots. Now, why you got to do this? Why are you involved in this? Why are you as Elvin Kamara? Are you trying to get down? Are you trying to stay real, man? No, you're an idiot. You're a punk. You're all punks. Everybody that jumps on a guy is a punk. I don't care if you're black, white, green, or purple. If you're jumping a guy, you are a punk. And that's exactly what they're doing here. I don't understand how dudes uh, get off charges. I honestly don't. I don't understand how guys just get off. Elvin Kamara right now uh, is facing charges of battery resulting in substantial bodily harm. The NFL don't care. None of us care. Like, I understand I'm urinating into the wind here by caring about how uh, athletes act. I understand that. Truly, I do. I understand that I, ladies and gentlemen, am wrong. And athletes can get away with whatever the hell it is. Athletes and actors. You know, middle-aged white dude, uh, I defend a young couple from getting fired in Scottsburg and it's national news. These dudes here beat the living crap out of people. And next thing you know, ah, it's fine. Because everybody's so afraid of taking on the African-American athlete. I got to tell you, I don't care if Elvin Kamara is white, black, green, or purple. This is crap. If he's white, put his ass in jail. Don't let him play in the NFL. If he's black, put us in jail and don't let him play in the NFL. It's that simple. Why do we encourage thug behavior? Why do we encourage idiots? We just do. Set the bar low, people will jump it. Set the bar high, people will reach it. That's unbelievable. But we just allow, ah, he played all year. This idiot played all year. Tell me again about the NFL. Tell me again about all the pro. No, all these guys, they play all year. How many of these aren't caught on tape? Oh, you're racist, Doc. No, I don't care. If you're white or black, you jump somebody, honest to God, then you should go to jail. If you do this, you should go to jail. I'll tell you who else should go to jail. You're not going to agree with this. You're not going to agree with this even a little bit. All right? You're not going to agree with this. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, uh, first thing I would do, if I were the, I'd suspend him. Second thing I would do is I would bring this video, bring Kamara uh, into my office if I were the owner and say, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? I wouldn't even wait for the commissioner. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait. Be over. These guys are idiots, man. They're out of, and I see it too much. I, I, I absolutely see it. I see it way too much. Way too much. I ain't talking about black. I'm talking about white. I'm talking about everybody. But hey, middle-aged white guy, you say you defend your high school or you defend your college from cheating, you get suspended. I get it. Beat the hell out of people. Didn't miss a game. Yeah, good. Uh, Rick Pitino. 
Rick Pitino should be hired for every job in college basketball that is open. Rick Pitino has won 20 games again at Iona. I continue to talk about Rick Pitino because, well, frankly, uh, I don't think Rick Pitino got a fair shake. I don't think Rick Pitino, in his dealings with Louisville, I think he got a raw deal. I do. I don't know what the hell he did or didn't do with Hooker. I have no idea. But you know what? I'm tired of the whole deal. Hey, look, if assistant coaches are providing hookers, what are you doing? Uh, What about players that are going to hookers? You can't get a date? Everybody's at fault here. Patino has paid a sentence. Kenny Johnson, one of the idiots that was his assistant, he just went and moved on uh, to another coaching job. Yeah, I don't, if I am a big time program, I'm hiring Rick Patino today. Let's be honest, we got three guys at Alabama involved in murder, and nobody really cares. People say they care, but Brandon Miller's still playing. He went out and got 40. I mean, what did Rick Pitino do compared to that? Does everything now have to be compared to uh, murder? Look, if I'm Rick Pitino, uh, he is considering, we can show a little bit of the article here. He is considering jobs. He got offered, Mar- I don't know if he got offered, but Maryland reached out to him last year. Now, Maryland's a great job. Maryland is a really good job. They pay a lot of green. So I would hire Rick Pitino tomorrow to run my basketball program. I would tell Rick Pitino, uh, I get it, you got a big ego. You may not want the job because I got a big ego too. And if you F this up, if you do anything outside the lines, I'm going to fire you. And then you can sue and I'm going to put all of this in your contract. Love to have you. Going to pay you millions. But I'm not dealing with any shenanigans. Here's the deal. Take it, leave it, go back to Iona, go win your 20 games, win an NCAA tournament game, and be frustrated that you're not on TV. That's what I would do. Uh, The weirdest of the weird, our good friend Pete Buttigieg, out for personal time. How much personal time do these guys get? Let me ask you, where's the YouTube chat here? Where's the YouTube chat? Uh, YouTube chat. Let me ask you a question. How much personal time do you all get? Like, aren't you when you are, I don't know, aren't you when when you're a public servant? Because that's what these guys always talk about. I'm a servant. Really? All right, you're a servant. So he's a servant. He's out with his husband, and they're walking. Well, let's show the video. Do we have the video of uh, Buttigieg? Hi, how are you? Jenny Taylor at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation, uh, make sure to reach out to our press office. Well, I've had that conversation with you. You don't have a message for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Would you mind sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'll talk thank down the you. Street. Can, I get a, can I get a photo? Yeah. Yeah, I think he took a photo of the woman. I'm having personal time. Dude took like 10 months off because he had a baby. He didn't even have the baby. I mean, what are you doing? Like, you're paid to serve us. How many vacation days does Biden have? I mean, what are we normally doing here, Taylor or Patrick or who's your daddy or Jeff Weaver or Gary Beatty? 
Uh, Gary Beatty says he's retired. It's all personal time. I get it. I got personal time. Shut the hell. You know what that is? I swear to God, I worked in a corporation, whether it was a college or for MS or for Radio One for, I don't know, 30 years, whatever it is. I never use the word personal time. I always thought that people that use the words personal time are gaming the system. That's just me. I did. Well, I'm taking one of my personal days. Yeah, well, I get it. I feel uh, I'm on personal time. Uh, shut up. You signed up to be the head of transportation. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, by the way. Uh, by the way, Rick Bungle, uh, I don't, uh, if, if you're offended, then there's no reason to watch the show. But uh, he loves how I only go after LGBTQ people or black people. I don't know what to tell you. I just read and I react to who's creating news. And Pete Buttigieg, I don't give a damn whether he's LGBTQRE. H-I-J-K-W, whatever. I don't care about any of it. What I care about, ladies and gentlemen, is that he signed up for this. There have been catastrophe after catastrophe after his, under his watch. And frankly, I think he's full of crap. And once I think somebody's full of crap, you know what I do? I can't stop on him. I, I wish I could, but I can't. I can't stop. I can't. So you don't like it? You don't like it. I don't know what to tell you. Guess what Buddha Judge did? Oh, baby. Buddha Judge just went down to where? Where did he go? Say it after me. East Palestine, Ohio. Why do you think he went there? Why do you think all of a sudden, out of the blue, out of the blue, he went there? Why? Well, you know why. I know why. He went there because freaking, say it with me, Donald Trump went there. There finally was pressure to go there. He's got his little hat. He's got his little glasses. He's got his little thing. Hey, Rod, go fight when You know what Trump did? Trump went to McDonald's and bought everybody hamburgers and, and, and cheeseburgers and quarter pounders and Big Macs and fries. And he told the people, look, I don't know what to tell you. Hey, man. I know this order, this menu better than anybody. Good for Donald Trump, man. Seriously, good for Donald Trump. All right, yay rock, go fight win, D-Trump. I'm a big fan. That's what he should be doing. But Pete Buttigieg is on personal time. Hi, I'm on personal time. I don't feel like I'm ever on personal time. I'm not going to lie to you. When I go out to dinner, as I did Saturday night, or Friday night, I can't remember, must have been Friday, People coming up, people taking pictures, people telling me Bob Knight's stories. And I'm just at this little bar called Peterson's, and I'm a nobody. According to the Indy Star, I've been fired from every job. Everybody hates me. But when I go out, I don't feel like I'm on personal time. There's no personal time when you're in the public eye. There's no personal time when you're a guy or gal that has been elected by the people. There's only personal time for these clowns that have been using the system. That's it. That's it. That's all. College basketball last night. I'm going to tell you something. Those of you that are paying attention, I know Clay just retweeted it, so we got a big audience. But I got to tell you, Kentucky was a two and a half point favorite over Florida without their best player. Uh, I don't have to work the rest of this month. We made so much on Kentucky is unbelievable. Two and a half, now, it looked a little dicey, and I thank my friend John Adams, head of officials, for it. 
we were having lunch yesterday. John's a longtime head of NCAA officials. And he goes, did you see this? He goes, what do you make of this? Uh, I go, what are you talking about? He goes, Kentucky's two and a half point favorite only and the Castleton kid is out. And he doesn't bet, John, but you know, we all pay attention. I bet. So I'm like, huh? And he knew I bet. So he showed it to me. I go, John, I I think I got to take that. He goes, I would think so. And then I put it in a bunch of parlays and we go to Sizzler. We go to Sizzler and you can't have the, that's right. And we are going to Sizzler. We are absolutely going to Sizzler because we made a boatload of money. Kentucky ended up getting the win. Put those scores back up, if you don't mind. Tulane, who's 17-6. and Now, this is where I want to help you out here. Houston is good. Houston is really good. Like, Tulane at home is 17-6. and Do you know how many times in your life as a basketball coach, I don't care if you're in Indiana, Houston, Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, Drexel, I don't care. Do you know how many times you win by 30 on the road in your conference? I don't care if it's a bad team. It ain't very many. It just is not very many. I like the fact that they've got Indiana beating Vanderbilt down there in the left-hand corner. Indiana didn't play Vanderbilt, but you know what? We need a win. You're damn right we do. We need a win, a big win. That's right. So thank you for that, Dylan and Ryan. We'll take, and of course, Alabama. Uh, The kid Brandon Miller, if you're just joining us, say whatever you want. Say whatever you'd like, but I got to tell you, the dude at 41, most points by a freshman this year, most points in the history of Alabama freshman. I got to tell you, kid's pretty mentally tough to go through all of that. You know, I've always talked about Cam Newton as the toughest athlete mentally that I ever saw. Remember when Cam was at Auburn? He was getting crushed. I mean, he was getting destroyed. And next thing you know, he just led him to a national championship. It was one of the most impressive things. Look, I don't condone anything about Alabama basketball. I don't condone anything about Brandon Miller, Darius. I, I, I cannot stand that this is where college basketball has gone, okay? I can't stand it. But the truth of the matter is you got to, in a basketball sense, you got to give it to Brandon Miller. I know, I know he was not, I know that Pete Buttigieg was a freaking whatever you want to make him. He was a Rhodes Scholar. Yay, Rod, go fight with him. I got, a, I got two friends, smartest guys I know, both doctors, and I told them both, you may be a doctor, but you're not going to be my doctor. That's it. You ain't going to be my doctor, big boy, period. All right, Danny Z, when we come back, I don't know if you saw this, but here, here's the stuff that, hey, look, I'm sure this is some kind of racist, right? I'm sure this has to be. So Brian Flores, remember Brian Flores, the coach of the Miami Dolphins? Brian Flores, who is suing the NFL over lack of minority coaches, turned down the interview with the Cardinals. Okay. I'm guessing he turned down the interview to be the head coach of the Cardinals because he knew he wasn't getting a job. Now, I don't know. That's what he's going to say. But Danny Z wrote an article on it. Danny Z also wrote an article, if you did not hear about our interview with Riley Gaines, who just went after the NCAA, went after Leah Thomas, went after Megan Rapinoe. Give yourself a, give yourself a few minutes. Uh, go to OutKick or go to uh, Don't At Me, my page, and, and listen to the interview. I think you'll be fascinated by it. I think a lot of you will really like it. 
The YouTube chat is pumping. I'm sorry, you're right, Henry. Uh, 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 they were, they were the, um, you're right. Houston was the home team in that. I did screw that up. All right. All right, we will be back with Danny Z. We got to discuss Brian Flores. You want a head coaching job, you better go interview. I mean, it ain't like you're Lombardi and everybody's just going to give you the job. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, American Jones on our YouTube chat. This always fascinates me. Danny Z, this always fascinates me. People say, Doc, it spent 20 minutes on all things East Palestine. No, I didn't. But anyway, uh, without telling the backstory of how we got to this point and what the solution is going forward, well, I will tell you this, American Jones. Uh, first off, hire the most qualified, not the most diverse. That would be a solution. And second thing, were I to be on the payroll, were I to be somebody that is in Pete Buttigieg's position, I would absolutely have a solution. But I shouldn't be in Pete Buttigieg's position, just like Pete Buttigieg shouldn't be in Pete Buttigieg's position, because both of us are unqualified for this particular position. And that, frankly, is part of the problem. Now, I don't know how else to I love when people say, well, you're telling us the problem. Give us the solution. Well, you put me on the payroll, and I am, it is my job to give you a solution. I'll give you a solution. But my solution to all of the problems with our transportation is don't hire somebody that is absolutely not qualified. That was a disaster as a mayor in South Bend, Indiana. But I get it. Hey, he's a gay, married guy, blah, 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 blah. Danny Z joins us. Speaking of victim, Brian Flores says that, uh, well, he's suing the NFL because of lack of opportunities to be a head coach. He feels he was wrongfully fired in Miami, uh, yet he turned down, Danny Z, as you so adroitly wrote for Outkick.com, turned down an interview, head coaching interview with the Arizona Cardinals. What the hell's going on here? Not just an interview, the second interview. He did the first interview. He was invited second back interview. as a fi- he was invited back as a finalist, one of three, according to reports, and simply said, "No thanks. I'm going to go become the Vikings defensive coordinator. Not even going to interview for the job." Uh, it's interesting. It would hurt his lawsuit if he got a head coaching job, right? So you know, it's it's hard not to speculate that there were some other motives as to why he wouldn't take this job, and what also. I think it hurts his lawsuit anyway, is the idea is that minority coaches don't get opportunities. Flores essentially elected to take what he thought was a better opportunity, go be the Vikings defensive coordinator. The Vikings defense was terrible last year. It can really only get any better uh, this offseason and into next year and make him look great. Uh, it's a team that won the division. So he had his sort of pick of what he wanted to do. There were reports that other teams were interested in him as a defensive coordinator. He had head coaching interviews. So it's kind of hard for him to sit there and argue that his opportunities are limited because I'm seeing a lot of opportunities, so many so that he was able to turn down the opportunity to move forward as one of three finalists for a head coaching job. 
Yeah, that's interesting to me because everybody wants opportunity. Everybody that gets opportunity and then doesn't get the job always whines about it. This is a matter of a guy basically having his pick of jobs. And to think about this, he had his pick of jobs even though, even though he is suing the NFL. Now think about that just for a second. That if I'm suing the company that I'm trying to work for, which is basically what you're trying to do, it's interesting he had so many opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you go. It, it, I have a tough time with this because I almost wonder if, like, is the point of the lawsuit to just sort of hold teams and the league hostage um, to say, you know, you have to fix this, you need to hire diverse candidates no matter what? Um, I mean, it didn't play out this hiring cycle. Obviously, there was only one minority head coach hired, D'Amico Ryan's. Um, but, you know, the Cardinals went ahead and hired a defensive coordinator. So clearly they were OK with bringing in a defensive guy, which means by all accounts, Flores would have been a good candidate for this job. Um, it's unlike what happened in Carolina, where people tried to claim, well, they passed over Steve Wilkes for Frank Reich. Well, yeah, but Carolina desperately wanted an offensive minded head coach. Like That's why. And I, I think that's why that story didn't gain as much traction as maybe some people hoped it would, because, you know, like I said, they wanted a head coach with some offensive experience because Carolina has just horrible offense and have for years um, whereas the cardinals elected to go the defensive route and flores pulled himself out so i don't know man it's it's a it's a weird situation to be suing the league but still getting jobs he got a job last year with the steelers now he's a defensive coordinator interviewing for head coaching positions it's just such a bizarre it's a bizarre world we're living in really Oh, we are in a bizarre one you you what give me your take on brandon miller playing for uh, alabama slamma so I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't know what the school is supposed to do in this situation. Um, you know, he didn't commit a crime. The authorities have cleared him of any potential wrongdoing. Um, I understand that the school could suspend him. The coach could bench him. But again, I, I would ask you, I mean, you're a former head coach, so you would obviously have a, a, a perspective on this that I don't have. But what are they supposed to suspend him for? I would suspend him for bringing a gun to a murder site. I would suspend. I I, I would suspend him for that. I I think that. I, I I in fact, if I were the AD, I would fire Oates. He's got three players on campus that he brought that are involved in capital murder. Uh, that would be enough for me to fire Oates. I would say to Miller, you clearly knew, <clears throat> based on the text, or at least if you can read the text. Uh, from what's-his-face Miles that there was a problem, and yet you chose to go bring a gun to this situation. He asked for a gun. He said there was a dust-up. You chose to bring it. I got to tell you, and, and, and in talking to uh, uh, Trey Wallace, who read the student code of conduct, I could obviously suspend him for multiple violations of that, including transporting a gun. But in my world, and my world is wrong, I lost $3.5 million dollars over things at West Virginia when the president threatened me, when they were cheating. I stood up to the drug culture in Indiana, uh, kicking players off. It cost me about $20 million there. So I have a different perspective on it. I have, um, But yet I'm a pariah. I would kick – Nate Oates would be gone. You know, I can't have – there's 13 players on scholarship. Three of them are involved in capital murder. Coach, I got to let you go. Good luck to you. And uh, you three that are involved in capital murder, I read the text, you brought a gun, you knew there was a problem, you ain't playing for me.
So I don't have any pushback on the Oates thing. That's, I mean, that's a fine point. But I would say that implicating Brandon Miller in this when, you know, as far as the evidence that I could tell, there's no clear proof that he knew that he was bringing a gun. I mean, they did GPS on his phone. He was already on his way there. So it wasn't like he was sitting on his let, couch. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask, let me ask you a question. Why, why in these text messages didn't he say, hey, where's the gun? That's see, that's the question, though. Did he actually ever read it? If he was already on his way and it was already there or was a minute or two away and didn't look at his phone in the 90 seconds on his while he was almost there and the guy popped in the car to grab his own gun. I mean, it was not it wasn't Miller's gun. Miller's attorney claims he never touched the gun. It was just in his car. Um, my view on the situation is that the three of them went to a club together. Uh, one of them left their gun in the car. It was Miller's car. Miller left early and then went back to pick them up. Who was all he thought he was doing was transporting his buddies to a club, then picking up his buddies from the club. And again, I in, unless you can prove to me that Miller knew he was bringing the gun, knew that he had it, I don't think it's fair to say you have three players involved in a capital murder case because I don't think you do. Now, listen, well, two out of thirteen well, life, being life involved is, is pretty pretty good too. Uh, life isn't fair. I, I wouldn't care what's fair. Uh, I've got a community to protect. I've got 11 gunshots ringing out. Uh, I've got an integrity of my program. I, I don't. Life isn't fair. They don't smack you on the ass. You, you mentioned the word fair. They don't smack you on the ass uh, when you're uh, born they, it, and say, hey, life's going to be fair. Look, you guys decide to run around with guns. You guys decide to be involved in this. Your car gets shot up. There's a lot of places for you to go play. Good luck to you. Man, that's why I'm out of coaching. And, I, and that's why, frankly, uh, I'm a pariah in college basketball because that's the way I think. Uh, I just can't have guys be involved in capital murder. And, and again, you mentioned the lawyer's statement. Dan Wetzel was pretty good with that earlier. He's like, look, the lawyer's statement, carefully crafted, is the most flowery best that Brandon Miller could possibly be. It's the best he can possibly be. Uh, whether they're telling the truth, whether the prosecutors are telling the truth. The one thing that I would say is if, and this is, I have a brother that's a prosecutor, a sister that's a prosecutor, my sister 25 years uh, in Bloomington, my brother 10 years here downtown Indianapolis, and they both said the same thing. If you're going to charge, you got to know what happened with Miller's car, allegedly, according to the Alabama prosecutor, he blocked the young lady in, if that in fact is the true, according to my brother, again, 10 years, my sister, 25 years, they prosecuted murders and all kind of stuff. Then Miller is an accessory and should be charged in this. Um, Alabama suggests there's video evidence that he didn't block in, what, whatever. But my way of looking at it is absolutely wrong. I totally get it. I totally get that I am on the outside. Again, I am a pariah. Uh, too hard, too direct, but that's what I would do. And if I always thought this, if I got to make excuses for players behavior, then I'm in the wrong business. And I would fire Oates so fast for having three people 
One, allegedly brought a gun. Two, involved. Uh, two, you said it. Two is enough. Hell, two's plenty. But again, I'm wrong. And I know I'm wrong, Danny. I do. I know I'm wrong. I, I know I'm on the outside. I know that I'm old guy yelling at clouds, and that's cool. But I also know college basketball is a freaking cesspool. We've got two murders this year, and it ain't headed in any direction other than it, and they could use more rational thinking. Did you listen to our Riley Gaines interview? You wrote a nice article on it, and I thank you for that, because Riley Gaines ain't afraid, man. Yeah, I like that she brought Rapino into it, and I think it's important in these situations that we do look at the people who are pushing these agendas and why, and I, it doesn't make any sense to me that Megan Rapino, a woman, is fighting for men to compete against women. I don't, I, I really just don't understand if, if the U.S. women's team starts letting men play for them who say that they're women, Megan Rapinoe's out of a job. Becky Sauer runs out of a job instantly. So I, I, I'm trying to figure out, I, I cannot wrap my head around why female athletes are so into this idea. I can't, I cannot figure it out. Why, I mean, let me ask you this question. Do you, do you think that – I've always said this, and I've always been crushed. I don't care who you're sleeping with, number one. I, I don't care. You want to sleep with farm animals, fine. You want to sleep uh, – men want to sleep with men. I don't, I don't care. Farm animals? It, it, it does not matter. To me. What, what's that? That's a crime. Farm animals is a crime. Uh, not in Indiana, in some parts of Indiana. I mean, you know, hey, there's not. <laughs> I've always said that. I just get tired of it being pushed on me. And so in Rapino's case, I feel like, okay, she's fought for all this kind of stuff. Uh, is this just another cause for Rapino? Is that all this is? Or other women like Alex Morgan, uh, Pat Forty's daughter? Is this just another cause for them to connect to? Uh, for a bigger gain, like you can make money off this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. You see what I'm saying here? Is, is that why yeah. Pino does this? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it is. I mean, it's not even just money. It's social currency, right? You're on the right side. You're morally righteous, all that fun stuff. Um, but what I wrote in the article and what I find fascinating is that 10 minutes ago, you know, we're talking about the Me Too movement. Like, we got to get this misogyny out of here. Rapists, harassers, we got to get them out. Like, yeah, cool. Awesome. When it comes to the abortion issue, it's women's right to choose. It's reproductive rights. It's women's health care. I thought we cared about women. But now the trans issue, especially in athletics, what we're talking about is allowing a man's feelings. I feel like I am a woman to trump that of actual women's feelings. What happened to the women's movement? What happened to all of the women's rights and the women's health care and the women, 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 women? Except when this dude wants to come over and swim against women, it's like, yeah, we got to let him do it. Is that not the ultimate form of misogyny, the patriarchy, all this stuff we're constantly talking about? It's the ultimate form of it. I, I'm so glad to hear you say that because you said that so much better than I say it. Seriously, you, you, you do. You, you become, that's how my wife says it. She's like, you know what? You wake up, you say you feel like a woman. You ain't a woman. Like, being a woman is hard every day. And, and you're right, me too. Uh, you said the wrong word, so you're a misogynist. You're sexist, uh, health care boy. And now, all of a sudden, 
It's, that's all right. Hey, you guys want to take women's jobs because you feel like a man today? Ah, go ahead. It's, I'm with you, Danny. That was really well put. Yeah, it, it's, again, uh, we're back to it, right? We're just living in this bizarro upside down world that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, back to Rapino, though, I, I think you're, I think you nailed it. Uh, like you said, it's just, it's all about the social currency, the brand. I'm, you know, I'm a left wing warrior, social justice. That's another one I always find funny that they call it social justice. What the hell is social justice? What does that even mean? Right. Right. What does that mean? You know what that means, in my opinion? Social justice means that you get people on social media to agree with your stance. I don't know. It's this, it's it's these, it's these, it's just like my truth, right? Like there's the truth. There's justice. That's it. Stop adding words in front of things that we already have terms for. Right. Right. No, I, 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 all right. If this seems wrong to me, and I'm going back to the Riley Gaines interview, um, Leah Thomas has all these weird fetishes, allegedly, apparently, when people have dug through her, his, whatever the hell, uh, social media, got all these fetishes, all these weird things. Yet in a swimmer's locker room, a women's swimmer's locker room, the NCAA said, we're going to make this unisex. Now, anybody that's ever been in an athletic locker room, not a, not a country club, instead of men's and women's, we put unisex bathroom, a locker room, an actual knows that there is absolute nudity, and, and, and uh, Riley said it, it is not a place for modesty. Yet, instead of the NCAA saying, hey, look, you're going to go over here and change. They just allowed everybody to come in. Like you and I could have walked into this locker room, this what was a woman's locker room, because they made it freaking unisex. That just seems wrong, if not criminal to me. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the NCAA, right? We're seeing stories all over the place. The Wii Spa incident being a perfect example of that. I mean, this is happening because here's the thing. I, I, I think it was Dennis Miller that put it this way, like liberal left wing politics is like a nude beach. The concept sounds great until you get there. Concept, great, practice, awful. And this is what happens. Like, it sounds great. Like, let everyone use the bathroom they want. People will do the right thing. If you really feel like a woman, you should be allowed to use that bathroom. But we, what we're finding out is that it doesn't take long before people just go, oh, I can take advantage of this system. Well, I'm going to take advantage of this system. And that's what happens. And that's why all of these politics, like, again, I look at my liberal leftist friends and I go, I get it. You're an idealist. You see a potential for this to be the perfect country where everybody does the right thing and everything goes the right way. You're ignoring millions of years of, of not even just human history, of animal history. We, we have people who, you know, you got the, the, the PETA, right? And they're like, animals are every bit as good as we are, whatever. Fine. Look at the animal kingdom. We don't we don't hold them to this standard that you know the the, the lion's going to do the right thing for for everyone involved. Right. No, the lion's going to do what the lion does for the lion. That's and that's how humans work. We need to stop pretending that we're any better than that. Everyone's just going to do what's best for them at the time. It's best for them for the most part, with some exceptions, of course. But the idea you cannot make policy based on hoping everyone does the right thing. And I think that's a big mistake that a lot of left-leaning pol- uh, politicians make these days. 
Man, that is such a good point. There's a book um, that I've tried. It's a man named Eldridge. I think John Eldridge wrote it. It's kind of my Bible. It's called Wild at Heart. And it basically says what you just said about, you know, men are supposed to be a certain way. They should be allowed to be a certain way. And to your point, you're absolutely right. I mean, it would be nice. No, it would not be nice. Everybody shouldn't walk around here the same. Everybody shouldn't have the same thoughts. Everybody shouldn't have the same feeling. We shouldn't. Uh, There are certain factual, scientific ways of men and ways of women. And again, you put it much smarter than me. I got to go. You know what I'm going to do after this? I'm going to go do what Eminem did. I'm going to go study the dictionary. I'm going to go read the dictionary, starting at A and ending at Z. Uh, Because, again, you put it much better than I, and I don't like it. I don't like that people come on my show. Yesterday, Ryan Burke came on my show and told me it was the dumbest take that I've ever given. That wasn't nice. And now here you come telling me and saying things with words that are much better than mine. I don't like it. I I don't like it at all. So let me go back to something real quick. You heard my soliloquy, uh, my righteousness uh, as a college coach. Uh, You got to think I'm full of crap and let Brandon Miller play because, frankly, let's be honest, the other side of it is this. Nobody really gives a crap about anything anymore except for winning. Let's be honest. That's the way the world works now, does it not? Yeah, and I was going to say that, too, uh, before we change subject, which is we have to be realistic here. If Brandon Miller was a four-point-per-game guy, he's probably not playing because they would rather just not deal with it. We see this all the time in sports, and not even sports, in life. Like, you're going to put up with more from people who produce. That's just the way it is. I mean, OutKick puts up with all your antics because you produce. If you didn't, they would cut you. <laughs> I would like one of my antics. What is one? Give me a give me. I was a, a joke. Give me I'm just one of my with you, antics. <laughs> I wish. With you. I, I wish I had as exciting a life as people say. Like at eleven o'clock, I got to figure out what to do. I'm like the king of lunch now. I've never been to lunch. And now, Danny Z, I'm the king of lunch. All right. Now, last thing, moving forward. I got to get your take on this because I got to get everybody's take on this. Um, About a week ago, John Skipper, who gave a speech, actually, at ESPN. There was like a crisis at ESPN. Skipper was running ESPN. You were probably there. He brought all the people into ESPN one day. And he gave this speech. And I got to tell you. I really liked Skipper. I thought he was folksy. I thought he was smart. All right. You come to find out he's got demons. You come to find out his decisions crushed, ESPN, blah, 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 blah. But now he's saying pay-per-view Super Bowl. I cannot get behind this. I go the other way, Danny Z. I say Super Bowl national holiday for the people. Yeah, I don't understand his point either. Like, let's charge people to watch the Super Bowl. It's like, well, that's what the ads are. It's like seven million bucks for 30 seconds. I don't, we are charging people to watch the Super Bowl. We're the product, and the advertisers are what pay for it. So it doesn't, that part doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm actually with you. I met John Skipper one time. He was perfectly nice. He was, he was engaging. I was at the time a PA. He could have just, you know, looked at me like, whatever, you're a PA. I'm not like, but he engaged in conversation. Uh, perfectly nice guy. I had no issues with him. Um, I took a ton of issues with what he did at ESPN because his decisions were just disaster after disaster. Yeah, but, a catastrophe. But he was a perfectly nice guy. I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any personal beef uh, with him. But yeah, I don't. 
pay-per-view Super Bowl. <laughs> I just kind of laugh. I just go, honestly, if John Skipper says it's a good idea based on his track record, we should do the opposite. So I think we're okay. <laughs> I agree. Wait, wait a second. That's what I used to tell my son. It's funny you bring that up. I'd say, you think what now? I said, okay, well, that's exactly what we're not going to do. We're good. That That's your, okay. It's, you know, but I get, in a way, I get that everything is becoming about money. Everything is about growing it. Everything is about content. Everything is about supply and demand, but not the Super Bowl, Danny. Not the Super Bowl. We can't do it with the Super Bowl. No, what are we always talking about? We got to make sure everyone has access. You know, making the Super Bowl pay-per-view would disproportionately uh, affect more people. And we can't have that. So it'll never happen just based on that side. I mean, can you imagine the complaints that would come in if the Super Bowl was 150 bucks, $200, and people couldn't watch it? Yeah, can't have it. Yes or no, Alabama, Final Four. I'm not going to say national championship, but Final Four. I say no. I think last night showed that there were some cracks in the foundation as far as just all of this drama uh, going around the program. I mean, Miller showed out. That's great. But um, I bet South Carolina plus the point because I was like, there's no way this team's going to be able to come and win this game by 20 with everything going on. I think ultimately uh, it will. The, the chickens will come home to roost, as they say. You're too young for that saying. Uh, you got <laughs> any bets so. tonight? I don't know. I haven't looked at the site yet. I got to dig into it. I, I've spent my right. morning prepping for prepping hard for this interview to make sure that I was, you know, yeah. bringing some knowledge. To uh, I mean, I hit it. I hit it big last night with Kentucky. I uh, Kentucky two and a half points uh, without Castleton, the guy who who's the best player for Florida. Seemed like well, it seemed too easy, right? And if it seems too easy, it's usually too easy. What are you writing about today? What do you got? You writing anything? I don't know yet. I haven't looked around. The NFL is generally where I stick, and there, it's just been quiet. We're kind of in that, like, uh, no news is good news period of the NFL where if a player's name is trending, it's like, oh, God, what did he do? Can't be anything good. So I'm just sitting here Elvin waiting, Kamara, checking, my police, checking my police blotter to see who got arrested. <laughs> Elvin Kamara, the gift that keeps on giving. All right, my friend, thanks for bringing the heat. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dan. All right, uh, we got the damn awards. We got some good stuff. Look, all right, uh, we already talked about President Biden falling through the freaking, oh, man. Can we get a president that just can walk? Also, we got some stuff that we worry about. The crap we worry about is nuts around here. I mean, insane around here. All right. When we come back, I got damn awards and I got the stuff we worry about just fascinates me when we come back. Uh, Brandon Miller last night played. Brandon Miller had 41. Brandon Miller won the game for... Alabama on the road in front of a hostile crowd taking all of the crap that he and his teammates may or may not have been involved in. I guess we're supposed to say allegedly that does show an incredible amount of mental toughness from the kids. So you you got to give him that. I go back to Cam Newton where, you know what, Cam Newton had cameras, his dad sold him, whatever. 
Well, I got to tell you, Cam Newton showed up, showed out, and got her done. Oh, so we'll award, I uh, guess, we'll award Brandon Miller a dammy because of mental toughness last night. But the real damn awards, the real things are coming now, ladies and gentlemen. I got, all of a sudden, I got to get into these damn awards. All right, let's get them ready, big boy. The damn award if these walls could catch, I don't know if you guys saw this, but my God, watch this catch or this attempt. I mean, this is unbelievable right here. Take this out. Mayshore skies that one to the right side. That one's going back, going back to the one over the fence. Oh. Right. I think he deserved it nonetheless, but people love to argue with it. Here is a liner to right field for McDonald, racing back to the track, to the wall, a diving play. Again, what hustle coming from Buhanda McConnell. Oh, man, that dude had himself a day. Hondo McConnell. He ran into the wall face first. He apparently can't listen or his center fielder didn't talk because, look, if your center fielder's talking... You know, whoa, 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 whatever. But the dude made another catch. I will say this. That dude, that dude is absolutely a tough guy. Most guys on the second catch, don't you agree on the second catch? Most would have said, yeah, I ain't going here. I'd be tippy-toeing. Boom, he don't care. He don't care. He's running hard. He's going, 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 going. Boom. Boom. I could watch that all day. You know, I've talked about the Indy Star, and I've talked about mainstream media. Indy Star, we found out yesterday, wrote an article about uh, Ted Valentine, totally made up by Ted Valentine, why he skipped the 2014, or didn't skip, got the boot from the 2015 uh, NCAA tournament. Greg Doyle, our favorite writer, who does never gets it right, and I mean never gets it right, got it wrong. He didn't check. He told my friend John Adams, yeah, I didn't check. And so he wrote something. They never get it right. Media never gets it right. So let's hear Andrea Mitchell interviewing Oh Heels Up. We love us some Heels Up, Harris. How'd she get her job? I don't know, but that's how she got her nickname, however she gets her job. Uh, Heels Up says uh, is talking to Andrea Mitchell. And let's listen. Let me ask you, yeah. What does Governor Ron DeSantis not know about black history and the black experience when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children? I don't know what he knows and what he doesn't know, but I know this. Any push to censor America's teachers and tell them what they should be teaching in the best interest of our children in in partnership with the parents of America is, I think, um, wrong-headed. The people who know our children best are their parents and their teachers in terms of the time they spend and the investment they've placed in the brains and capacity of our children who are our nation's future. And it should not be some politician saying what should be taught in our classrooms. And you said that Nikki Haley was using coded language. What do you think about her suggesting a cognitive test for presidents, 
for candidates for president. I just like, I did not watch your speech, but when you present the the, the suggestion that anyone is saying um, that that it is time for a new generation and they're running against the person who is president um, and it when presented as though it's an attack I would like to let, let us all be clear that the attack is misplaced if the point of it is that we need leadership that is strong because we have a strong leader in Joe Biden well we have a piece of crab leader in Joe Biden and you know what I, I, I really don't like getting into all of this. Here's the deal. When Camilla Harris speaks, I simply don't pay attention. You know, we talked about John Skipper, right? We said, hey, John Skipper, if he says to do it, then you do it the other way. Okay, well, that's how I feel about this idiot. She's so smug. She's so stupid. She speaks in word salads. Is that the new word? But it's just amazing to me that we would pay attention to this woman. It amazes me that this woman got to a point where we actually have to pay attention to me. Andrea Mitchell interviewed. Uh, she asked Harris a question about Ron DeSantis and his position on teaching slavery and the aftermath of slavery. Let me ask you this. Mitchell asked, what does Ron DeSantis not know about black history and the black experience uh, when he says that slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida schoolchildren? Well, that's a flat-out lie. And Camilla Harris, of course, doesn't have enough integrity to say, well, that's not what he said. The following is in the required instruction statute. The history of African Americans, including the history of African people, before the political conflicts that led to the development of slavery, the passage to America, the enslavement experience, abolition, and, of course, the history and contributions of Americans of the African dysphoria to society. So I don't know how Andrea Mitchell got out of that, to ask this idiot, um, why Ron DeSantis doesn't want slavery taught in schools. It's just a flat out lie. And of course, uh, Camilla Harris doesn't know enough. She's probably, I don't know, she seems like she's on some kind of stuff every time that I see her talk. Uh, I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that Andrea Mitchell flat out lied. And I try to tell you this, my experience is now there's about 12 or 14 times I've been in the nationals. The media never gets it right. I mean, never, ever. Hell, I don't get it right all the time. And I try. These people don't even try, but I try. Uh, out of the frying pan, into the fire, Noah's song. I want you to listen to this story. Noah's song was discharged from the Navy on Wednesday. It paved the way for him to report to the Philadelphia Phillies. He's going to go play or try to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's going to training camp Thursday, and he's going to try to make the opening day roster after they chose him from the Boston Red Sox in December's Rule 5 draft. Now, the Rule 5 draft uh, means a couple things. Rule 5 draft means that you're going to be on a roster. It prevents too many teams. It's named. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, bother you with it. But basically, if chosen, a player must be kept on the active roster for the entire year. That player may not be optioned or designated to the minors. So this kid, the Rule Five Draft is a bit like winning the lottery. You get picked in the Rule Five Draft. Guess what? You get a chance. How about that? 
to prevent abuse of the rule, the rule states that the draftee must be active for at least 90 days. There you go. You can't be putting him on the injured list for the majority of the season. If he's only active 67 days with his new club, then he must be active for an additional 23 days the next year. You're going to get your 90 days of big league service if you are a Rule 5 draftee. So Noah Song ends up in the majors from Navy. I am here for it. Miracle on ice, ladies and gentlemen. Miracle on ice. I got to tell you, it was 1980. A young Dan Dockage was hanging out, and I heard it. I heard it on the radio. I was somewhere in Gary. I think I was at Pete Swetnoff's house. I might have been at a girl's house. I can't remember. But I remember sitting there. They had the radio on, and the miracle on I They said, if you don't want to listen, or if you, it was going to be played on tape delay. All right? So they said on the radio, if you don't want to know who won, Turn the radio off. Well, I remember I was sitting in a chair. We were all gathering at Mark Holcomb's house that night to watch the Miracle on Ice. I'm sitting in a chair, and I heard the score. I didn't tell anybody. We're watching the game in Mark Holcomb's basement. It was 1980, so I was in the middle of an unbelievable run as a basketball player, but I digress. I digress. What? I'm digressing. We went, we ran outside, we were so full of pride when the United States won, and the movie was actually pretty good, Miracle. And Kurt Russell was very good as Herb Brooks. Herb Brooks was the college hockey coach that picked this team against the wishes of a lot of people, and he had a center named Micah Ruzioni. Now, Micah Ruzioni was a terrific leader. There were actually, I think, three Bowling Green guys on the team, and I got to meet a couple of them over my time as the head coach of Bowling Green, and it was a thrill. I sat on a plane next to Micah Ruzioni one time, and he was a very nice guy. Uh, Jim Craig was the goalie. You see him right there. Jim Craig's story, his father had passed away. Jim Craig never really, truly made it in the NHL, but man, did he get hot, and people forget this. The miracle on ice, ladies and gentlemen, the miracle on ice didn't win the gold medal. They had to beat Sweden the next night on Sunday. I don't know if it was the next night. Maybe it was two days later. Maybe it was a Friday, Sunday kind of thing. But I remember it was in the afternoon. And I remember as a crazy sports guy saying, wait a second. It's in over. Got to beat Sweden. You beat the Russians who had beat them by double digits in Madison Square Garden earlier. You see the picture of them as they are older. But it is one of America's great sports stories. And I got to tell you, it put... Al Michaels absolutely into superstar broadcasting status with his call, Do You Believe in Miracles? Yes! It's a fantastic night. It's a night that I really will never forget. Uh, it really is. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So if you get a chance, uh, where was Dan D on this day in 85? I was in Mark Holcomb's basement. As I said, earlier in the day, I don't know if I was getting a boutonniere I may have been over at this lady's house getting a boutonniere. Maybe we had a high school dance, and of course, I took care of the ladies with flowers because that's who I am. Anyway, so there you go. So that's what I did. That's where I was. Mark Holcomb's basement. Were any of you guys, any of you on the YouTube chat even born in 1985? Were any of you even born? 
Bill Martin says, Sunday morning, as I remember, I skipped church to watch the gold medal game. Dan, it was Finland, not Sweden. You're right. I think they tied Sweden in the first round. Yeah, I was in the basement. We went to the basement. We gathered around, probably had some beers. Yeah. High school, uh, my, I was the class of 1980, but I redshirted a year in high school, so I became 81. So all the guys in the class of 80 uh, were my peeps. So there you go. That's right. That's right, people. That's what we did. We hung out, but I don't think any of you. Nah, I had nine more years before I was born. That's El Presidente. Dave Rhodes was in the Navy. Uh, Senator B.S. says he was born a few years before that. Were you even born? I got to find my listeners. Were you even born in 1985? All right, the crap we worry about. Look, I would like to say the S, we, yeah, suck it, Russia. Suck it. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, the whole suck it thing makes me laugh. It always makes me Oh, man, it absolutely makes me giggle. It does. Uh-oh, the Broken Peen Award. What is that? Tell me. I don't know what that is. Put that back. What is that? Who is that? What is this? You can't leave me in the dark. I got to look it up. Broken Peen? Is that like Is that like those... Uh, um, Penile fractures? <laughs> I don't know. They told me to skip it. Is that what that is? Is that like, I see those commercials with the carrot that's crooked, hangs a hard right, no pun intended. Is that what that is? I don't know. Oh, man. The S we worry about. Ladies and gentlemen, we worry about so much stuff. We worry. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, we worry about. Oh, my God. Meghan Markle, is she okay? Is she okay? Now, I want to make sure that Meghan Markle is okay because, you know, she only wants to go on book tours, but she doesn't want any of us, none of us, to know, uh, to know her. She wants to be left alone. These people are so full of crap. So the stuff we worry about, all right, big boy, what's number one? Oh, man, I got to tell you. So here's the deal. So Will Smith walks on stage, and he gives the what for. He does. He gives the what for to uh, uh, Chris Rock. By the way, that was a porn star named Liam Ellis. He suffered a debilitating penis injury during shooting. That's what the broken peen was. Thank goodness for the New York Post, baby. Thank goodness. Seriously. Thank goodness. I want it all. All right. So anyway, the crap we worry about. So we're sitting here, and there is now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to think about this. There is now a task force designed for Will Smith-like behavior, meaning at the Oscars this year, they have a task force. We're going to make sure nobody slaps anybody. Well, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, the best thing that happened at the Oscars was Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Why? Because it made us talk about the Oscars. 
I'm sorry. It just did. There is what is called a crisis team is going to be in place. A crisis team will be introduced to handle any real-time incidents in response to Will Smith. Now, I got to ask, why wasn't that crisis team in place? So you could have gone to the Oscars, paid your ticket, got your invite, whatever, been a terrorist and just walked up on the stage. There was no crisis team. Because of last year, we've opened our minds to many things that can happen at the Oscars, Academy Chief Executive Bill Kramer said. We have a new unit run many scenarios in the hopes that they are prepared for anything. It's been deployed. It's already been deployed following the surprise Best Actress nomination of Andrea Risenborough. Listen to this. The star's little scene indie film was an outsider. But she secured a nomination after being championed by the greats Gwyneth Paltrow, Courtney Cox, Edward Norton, Jennifer Aniston. All right. The crisis team was enacted because they wanted to find out. Did these lovely ladies violate the rules of endorsing, advertising for? We were able to issue a formal statement from the board because the Oscars are on this with a crisis team. All right, what's next here, big boy? Thank God. I wouldn't have slept. Oh, yeah. Look at this. This is beautiful. This is what we should be. Non-hiring. Look at bottom right. Non-stupid people. What's the test? I'll tell you the test. You walk in with a face tattoo, you're stupid. How high your neck tattoos dictate to me how stupid you are. I know I'm wrong about this, and I know there's some kind of ist that should be attached to me. But you got to admit, this is one of the great signs of all time. Now hiring non-stupid people. That's right. Non-hiring non-stupid people. I agree. I think every sign should say that. Not hiring Look, I I would hire you. I would. But you see the sign out there? You seem stupid. I I can't do it. I'm ducking from punches, maybe. But I I don't... let, Let me explain this to you, Jimmy. Why would you walk in here when you saw the sign? It didn't say, now hiring anybody. We put a caveat to it. We said, non Stupid. Look, you got a face tattoo going this way. You got a head full of hair tattoos. I don't want you're stupid. Here's why you're stupid, Jimmy, because there's going to be a point in time in your life where, quite frankly, you don't want a face tattoo anymore and you're going to try to grow hair so you cover up the idiot hair tattoos. So you're stupid right now. Come back in about 25 years and we'll hire you once you're not stupid. Or you ask a guy, hey, look, bring me your high school records. Because the truth of the matter is, in Baltimore, I think we saw not one public school kid pass the efficiency test on math. You're stupid. You may be street smart. You may be brilliant. Whatever. But if you can't pass simple uh, efficiency tests in bad high schools, you're stupid. Same thing with Chicago. I can't hire you. There's criteria for being stupid. Well, maybe he's book smart. Maybe, but how do I know that? 
I can only go by what I can go. And if you're stupid, I ain't hiring you. It's literally that simple. I'm sorry, uh, but I can't hire you. Well, just give them a chance. Stupid people need work too. I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Stupid people do need work. And there's plenty of places to work, but you're not working at Santino's Pizzeria. Salute, Santino's Pizzeria. It's time we stop glorifying the stupid. Go to TikTok. Watch any of these videos about gender and all this crap. You'll see a whole boatload of stupid. You will. Nobody wants stupid in their life. Nobody wants to be around stupid. Good. Santino's Pizza. I'm ordering out. We'll figure it out. We'll get back to you. We'll order out. We'll have some pizza. We'll have a pie, Santino's. And I guarantee you, it will not be served to me by the terminally stupid. Speaking of terminally stupid, every day we do this. Every day we give a woke a dope award. So, Dylan and Ryan, let's see here who is our woke a dope. Who's the dope today? Oh, man. Bill Gates defends his use of a polluting private jet after flying to Australia to lecture about climate change and reveals why he is not part of the problem. Okay. I'm telling you, here's the deal. If I were a liberal, I could do this, and you all would have to believe me. You would be forced to believe me. I could sit here and I could say, hey, look, I have a full head of hair. I do. What? I have a full head of hair. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Look, I I still have my radio show on 107.5 The Fan every day. I do. I'm a multimillionaire. I can say anything. That's my point. These guys say anything. The other day, uh, one of the clowns got up there, I think it was Camilla Harris, and talked about how, well, you know, Electricity bills are going down. They're up 11%. Well, you know, that's more money in the pocket to take a vacation. To buy that new refrigerator. These idiots say anything when every fact goes the other way. Uh, So Bill Gates, you know, I always thought maybe I'm wrong, but I did look this up and they are a problem. Like if you are trying to get your carbon footprint shrunk, guess what? Private planes. Airplanes are a problem. Now, Bill Gates can say they're not. It's fine. It's like Bernie Sanders charging $95 to go listen to him speak on the evils of capitalism. Okay. All right. $95, I'm guessing it's going in his pocket, to speak on the evils of capitalism. Okay. I'm telling you, you can say whatever you want And doesn't matter. Does not matter. Uh, I'm going to say this. You ready? Get your pen and paper out. Get your pen and paper out because I've been pretty good with this. In fact, I had a massive day yesterday because I did not know this before the show, but Kentucky was only getting two and a half. So here's what I did today. I don't like today's slate, but when you're a degenerate, hey, look, you're a degenerate. I took two teams to win on the money line at plus 100. So I'm betting 100 to win 200. I'm taking Illinois at home, and I'm taking Rutgers at home, and I don't like either. 
I don't love them. I like them. I like them enough to bet, but I'm taking them as a parlay, so I'm getting plus money, and there you go. That's what we're getting. So if you don't like it, I understand. Don't take it. But here's the other deal, and I want to make this perfectly clear. People have asked me, why don't you put the bets that you have every day you talk about, why don't you put them up? I'll tell you why. Because it's the middle of a game, and I'm watching the game, and I decide to bet it. And in watching the game and deciding to bet it, uh, if I broadcast it, you're going to get mad at me because it's going to lose. That is. It's just going to lose. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I bet Kentucky to start with, and then I saw Duquesne was down. So I put a parlay together of Kentucky and Duquesne, won $261. That's right. I did. I saw Bellarmine was up late. Bellarmine, even though they were up late, were still, ladies and gentlemen, still um, getting good money. So I parlayed them with UConn, who was winning, and Kentucky. I only bet $78, but it paid $193, so I made $120 on that. And I did the same thing with North Carolina Greensburg. So my point is, uh, I have a new method of winning, and I will show you this. I will keep track for you. Uh, in the new year. In the new year, because you can go to this on DraftKings, it tells you. It tells you what it is on DraftKings. So on DraftKings, this calendar year, I will look this up for you. Uh, this month, I've made $451, which to me is a nice, tidy little sum. This year, I've made $1,636 by doing it the Dan Dockage Watch the Game way. I tell Lee it's my third job. Job number one, most important, this. Job number two, I get bored in the evening. It's my new diet. I don't want to sit around. I don't want to nibble. So I go DoorDash. And I make about 100 a week, and I send it to my bikes program. So that's my second job. And my third job, we've made 1600 bucks so far this year. The goal is to make ten grand this year. We know there's going to be months where there's not much going on. Those months, of course, are June or July and August. That's all right. But our goal is to make $10,000 minimum this year, and we're at $1,600, so we're at 16%. I will try, ladies and gentlemen, to put it out there for you because I know a lot of you like to gamble. And that's why I will try, and I will keep you updated on the winnings and the losing. But right now, I only got $100, and that $100 is going double my money because uh, Illinois at home and Rutgers at home are both favorites. There you go. All right? Did we have a poll question today, boys and girls? Danny Boy's bets. You know, people use the term Danny Boy to be discrediting me. All right, how long should you wait to swim after eating? I got to tell you, I got to tell you, my mother made me sit on a towel at the Meadowdale pool for a half hour. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts. So I'm part of the 57. My kids, they got to wait a half hour. I don't, because of cramps, was always what was told. I don't ever recall getting a cramp. I don't ever recall getting it. But hey, if you're in the 43% that think you can go less than 30 minutes, God bless you. Hope you don't drown. If you're the 57% that said, hey, we got to wait 30 or more, God bless you. You won't drown. That's right. That's right. You won't drown. Uh, huge thanks to everybody. Man, to YouTube, Chad. Jennifer, you're awesome. 
Ron Richardson, Ruel Miller, uh, Dave Rhodes, Lick, Lick, you're always getting it done. Jim Eagle, Gary Betty, Iron Man, Jennifer, Jim Eagle, Lick, Ruel, Miller, Uncouth, Ron Richardson, and then the four or 500 people that have been on all day on our YouTube chat. We thank you. We thank you for letting us into your morning. We thank all of you that are watching on Twitter. You guys that are on Twitter, can you retweet the damn show? I got to build this audience. I, I, look, I can't get back into coaching. I'm a pariah. Can't get back into broadcasting. I'm a pariah. This is all I got. This and gambling. Be a mensch. Help a brother out. Dylan and Ryan, you guys are awesome. Uh, I know Aaron's been in Nashville getting things straightened out. Haley, uh, Caitlin, uh, no more more Corey, but Chuck, thank you. Thank you all. Have a wonderful afternoon. I'm doing lunch today. I'm going to AJ's over here by my house. In fact, I'm debating. Here's what I'm debating. Do I walk? It's about a mile and a half. Do I walk to AJ's, have lunch with my boy Frank Safali, and walk back? Or do I drive? I don't know. These are the decisions that I have to make. Also, you can catch me later on today, Columbus Radio 97.1. I do a hit with them every Thursday. Have a great day, everybody.